2: Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code Grinders. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses in week three or week four, depending on the copy. But download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out Jock Market, J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com and use the promo code GRINDERS. That's all one word, GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, AKA Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, joined by the man behind the dials of advanced sports analytics. It's Stuart Gibson. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about t- uh, today's show this week's show because your favorite team is actually in, uh, in, in a, in a game that has a total of 50 plus. So, uh, so uh, it may, it may be one of those, and maybe a Brown slate, Stewart. it may be one.
3: Yeah. I have got, uh, I'm look, I I've been a little kind of behind, uh, behind this week on getting things set up, but the Browns are looking decent. Um, I, I, I it's weird. I probably is a week that I should be particularly high on them, but, uh, not like not the highest, uh, not my, not my highest kind of Browns, uh, uh, just personal score. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to the week. I, I, I feel like the last couple of weeks, I, I like have done some things well, and then just done, done some things not well. I don't know. Like um, just kind of looking through before the show, some of my exposures from the previous week. And um, it's like, you know, the, the the biggest kind of most commonly owned quarterback receiver stack that I had was Herbert Williams. Like, to me, I just feel like I should have made so much money. Uh, you know, I barely turned a profit because uh, I had a lot of Tyree Kill, I had a lot of Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, ha- had my fair share of Cooper Cup, but it just like, I don't know. So, so I, I, I hope, though, in, in kind of the week before, I had a lot of like uh, Brady on that big week. So I'm, I'm hoping that one of these weeks I'm going to kind of break through. And uh, it, it seems like some of my better lineups have been getting sunk by, by a weak spot or two. Uh, even around kind of good uh, stacks, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the show between the stacks, we also need to kind of talk about uh, potential secondary stacks, potential one-off spots, because that seems to be uh, where I've been getting hung up. Uh, certainly last
2: week and 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 the week
3: before uh,
2: to, to lesser extent. Well, that's why DFS is about lineups and not players, because I've been in the same boat where you know you get every part of the lineup is good except for one, but with the payout structures for these GPPs as top heavy as they are like coming in a hundred and fourth place is not much different than coming in a thousand and fourth place. So like having Lockett over Metcalf is just consides you to a, you know, a three X payout versus a 30 X payout. So, I mean, that, that, that's normal Stewart. I mean, you kind of have to get everything right in your lineup, but that's why we talk we, we talk about the high total games because they correlate the most to, uh, to, to, High ceiling scores for for all the combined players uh, together in your lineup. We got five high total games uh, this week, over 50. And we'll start with uh, the highest of them all. That is the Chiefs at the Eagles. 54 and a half total. It opened at 55. The Chiefs are a seven-point road favorite. Chiefs with a 30.75 implied total. Eagles with a 23.75 implied total. And if I go to lineup HQ and take a look at some of the ownership, uh, <coughs> none of. Uh, sickening. Yeah. It's sick. It's sickening. <laughs> I mean, we see no, this, okay. we see this most weeks because of the, the, that it's so price prohibitive to play the chiefs. The ownership is, is lower than you would think. Uh, we have Tyree kill at 8%. CH 8%. Kelsey 7% the Eagles virtually unowned, uh, you know, Mahomes, Hurts. I mean, we always talk about playing Mahomes, Hill's Kelsey. Doesn't doesn't leave you much to do with the rest of your lineup. But uh, do you see playing single stacks, Mahomes plus Hill or Kelsey? Do we see playing the reverse? The cheaper way to do this game would be to play Hurts plus Jalen Rager or something. Maybe throw in a Goddard or an Hurts. Maybe Devonta Smith. Hertz, i don't mind single stacking because he has value uh rushing and do you do we is do you think it would be better if you were to stack this game to do it on the Hertz side and then just play one of hill or kelsey or do we just play ceh as a one-off and hope he has kind of a repeat performance from last week
3: yeah my my preference would be to stack from the philadelphia side um Man, I mean, uh, you get yourself, in tr- or at least so far this year, have gotten yourself in trouble saying, uh, well, it's it's price prohibitive to kind of stack up the big uh, Kansas City double stack. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, we're not projecting the ownership terribly high for, uh, you know, Kelsey. We have pretty low ownership compared to where he's been at it previous weeks. Yeah. Um, and Tyreek Hill, you know, not, not massive ownership. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I really like the uh the value of Hertz. I think he's like a really strong value play this week. And just the ownership, I I think you know, Mahomes is gonna be likely to get higher ownership. Uh Hertz does feel like a guy that and and I think like the games, you know, Kansas City, they're they're gonna be pretty pass heavy regardless of, of game scenario. But um, you know, I do I think prefer to kind of play like hurts in catch-up mode against uh, you know a relatively I mean a, a susceptible Kansas City defense to me uh, just between ownership price uh, the likely game script my my preference would be to stack from the Philadelphia side and uh, I don't know I mean Philadelphia we kind of talk about as a team that's tough to figure out who's going to benefit but like Kansas City has been a little bit that way recently I mean I, I had a lot of Tyreek Hill last week and that that, that hurts you. You know, Kelsey didn't have a big week. It was kind of McCall Hartman and CH. Um, so I don't know, like conventionally you think of Kansas city as being pretty tight and Philadelphia being more spread out. But I, I think both these teams have kind of some, some uh, dispersion risk. Uh, I, my, and if that's the case, you know, I think my preference is going to be with the uh, higher value, lower ownership, Uh, I think, you know, the game script might favor Philadelphia a little bit more. So that would be how I would prefer to attack it. Uh, You know, if you're building many lineups, probably just a healthy mix of Kelsey or uh, Hill on the bring back. Uh, You know, I I think CEH could be a fine spot to return to uh, as well as Hardman. But I, I think probably preferring to build through one of Hill or Kelsey uh, on the opposite side. And yeah, Rieger to me stands out as like the preferred uh, Philly option, but I, I give him only a slight edge over say like Devonta Smith. Uh, to me, those guys feel like kind of more like there's just better ceilings on, on, on those guys than say like Goddard and Ertz um, that, that would be my lean. I don't know. Is that how you're seeing it? Or these Philly well, on, tight on ends?
2: I see Rieger being slightly better than Devonta Smith just due to the 1000 salary savings. Yeah. that you get i mean or uh, smith in our current projections is projected about a point and a half higher but you're paying a thousand more for it but i mean if you have the money you have the money i mean if you if you're going to correlate i mean those to me those are the two guys that you do it with but i'm less likely to play Hertz with both of them i right. mean we we've seen hurts enough for the since last year uh do you have any any correlation stats i mean i obviously with Devonta Smith, we you're not going to see much because we only have this year. But how correlated is Hertz to his receivers when he's double stacked versus single stacked? I mean, th- my intuitive sense is that because of his rushing upside and his uh, you know goal line usage, that single stacks would be better correlative to ceilings for all for the two players than for the three players but maybe maybe i'm wrong i mean it could also could be that the, the philadelphia spreads the ball around that it's hard for any of the wide receivers that is ceiling like as of last year but i mean they're cheap enough like if i want to play hertz plus rager plus urts doesn't feel like i'm giving up that much because Ertz is 3500 and rager is 4700 uh I mean, does does, does does the stats back me back me up on this?
3: Yeah. So yeah, the the hurts to kind of receiver correlation is is pretty neutral. Uh, you know, ranging from po- uh, slight positive to actually slight negative. With like, I'm looking at last year going with Rieger, Goddard, and like Travis Fulgham, uh, who I don't even think is on the team anymore, but I think kind of served at points as like a wide receiver one. And yeah, I mean, negative correlation with uh, slight negative correlation with Goddard and Fulgham, slight positive correlation with Rieger last year. Um, I'm looking at Hertz versus Rieger and it really seems like the performance of Hertz had kind of no directional impact on the performance of Rieger. I think you could make the case that it's somewhat of a different role um, for Rieger. Like this year, we do have kind of the let's see, I guess it was opening weekend against Atlanta where, you know, he put up like a 17 point game, not a huge game uh, in com- in conjunction with Hertz's uh, nearly 29 point game. Um, yeah. Goddard, Goddard and Hertz kind of no uh, slight negative correlation. Uh, I'm not sure. Ertz hardly played at all last year. So I'm not even sure we have that many data. Oh, well, not hardly, but you know, yeah. So it, it does, I'm kind of seeing a trend of just like, Neutral correlations uh between Hertz and his receivers um
2: so, so yeah what, with, what what that would suggest is that the correlation having them stacked doesn't really do you any good or bad that if they if you had a choice between playing uh if you between Zach Ertz at thirty five hundred and another tight end that project the same projection and the same price like it wouldn't matter either way if you played Ertz or you played a guy from another game like that, that I'm trying to kind of narrow it down to like, when we see neutral level types of correlations, typically you should side on just play the best rejected player in that slot. And don't worry about uh, adding the, the the double stack or anything for those types of situations.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the doubles, some of the teams that I think really stand out as great double stacking opportunities are these teams with strong, uh, obviously quarterback to receiver correlation. That is, that's pretty standard, but also like, like we saw last year, the uh, Woods and cup had surprisingly high uh, positive correlation. Cause that, that the, the way that Rams team was operated last year uh, they were, they were very, I guess uh, they're very game script dependent. You know, the, there would be games where the Rams would be kind of winning and in a favorable game script, I guess, for the running backs uh, and kind of, Woods Cup would fail simultaneously. Uh, Conversely, like when the Rams were behind, they they skewed really pass heavy uh, and kind of Woods and Cup stood an elevated chance of simultaneously succeeding. Uh, Not sure that I'm seeing like super high positive correlation with uh, these Philly receivers. Like if I look back to Fulgham, Rieger and Goddard back to last year and kind of what we have from this year, slight positive or positive correlation between Rieger and Fulgham, but small sample size. And like Fulgham had kind of a weird role last year where like, there were a few weeks where he was like wide receiver one. And then some weeks where he kind of went back to like wide receiver two or three slight positive correlation, Rieger Ertz. Um,
2: but it's, Rieger not got- to, it's not enough. It's not enough yeah. to really write home about, I mean, we're not right. Like this is, this is, we're kind of just throwing it up in the air going, you can, you can't, it's really, really doesn't matter. And talking about, Woods and Cup, the next game on our docket is the Cardinals at the Rams, 54 total. It opened at 53 and a half. It's up a half a point. The Rams are now favored by four and a half. Rams with a 29.25 implied total. The Cardinals with a 24.75 implied total. Looking at lineup HQ, we got Woods and Cup at double-digit ownership. Everyone else kind of single digit and below Uh, based on these projections and the correlation that you, that you'd say, uh, I think last week, the Stafford woods cup type of stack Higby, even if you want to throw in was uh, was one of the most popular on the entire slate against the bucks, but there's going to be a game that actually eclipses this game. I think that stack is going to be lower owned this week as compared to last week. But now Cooper Cup is seventy eight hundred. Woods's price has gone down. Uh, Henderson, I just got word on Twitter that he will be playing. Arizona, these receivers they keep on getting priced up and up. Uh, they spread the ball around. Hopkins, is he still the wide receiver one at seventy seven hundred? We we don't know. I, I know he was hurt last week and still played. Uh, it seems like I like the Ram side of this game. I like Kyler Murray as a quarterback for a ceiling, but would you just keep it simple soup stupid and kind of like to me, I almost feel like I'd play one of woods and cup with Higby and then run it back with like a, like a chase Edmonds or something or an AJ green at 4,500. If I'm going to do something like that, because I'm not sure if I could trust $7,700 Hopkins and, uh, and Rondell Moore at 4,600 playing 20% of the snaps. Christian Kirk 5,300. Yeah. He's, he's shown some light this year. It seems like these Cardinals wide receivers, like they don't project well for their prices, but I kind of, I mean, the, the best ones that we have at in our gridiron IQ projections are woods cup and Edmonds. So do you have anything opposed to, I mean, Edmonds is a pass catch and running back. Like what, what just keep it simple stupid right stafford plus double stack stafford he's the type of quarterback that obviously leads to double stacking and then you play like like a cheap either edmonds or one of the cheaper receivers on the way back and then call it a day
3: yeah it does uh does seem like kind of a uh, an obvious stack we we have kind of just meh grades on really both sides of this sides of this game like not not bad not great um I don't know. To me, it would be a game. I think I'd prefer to just take like uh, skill player pieces from, and just do like a, an internal stack of say like, you know, cup, uh, cup Edmonds or cup Kirk Kirk, uh, Kirk, Kirk Higby, Kirk Woods. Um, Kirk, Kirk is kind of the guy that's standing out to me on the Atlanta side. I know I kind of mentioned his, his name multiple times. Um that, that would, that would probably be, be my approach. I mean, I just, I think Stafford is again, going to be the most popular quarterback. And I think by a pretty wide margin, uh, of course that, that played well, uh, last week, but with the price on kind of all of these Los Angeles guys climbing up a little bit, um, I, you know, I, I am never super excited about playing like the most popular, uh, stack on the slate, uh, and, of, and you know, of course, there's good value. I, th- I think on both sides. Um, I guess I'm just hesitant to kind of load up on the uh, most popular quarterback receiver combination, which I think again. I don't think this with... is
2: going to be it, though, Stuart. I think this this won't be it.
3: You don't you don't think so?
2: Me. No, uh, Carolina Dallas is going to be the most popular game on the slate. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see more more Prescott and more Darnold, and we'll see Stafford. I still think Woods and Cup will be owned. I mean, I still think they're going to be owned. But what intrigues me this game is that if Woods and Cup are going to be in the double digits, Daryl Henderson is coming back. And I think a lot of people are under the assumption that he's going to come back and split with Michelle. But we saw before Henderson was on the field like 90-plus percent of the time. Do we take a shot on Henderson at 5,600? at three and a half percent owned as leverage against woods and cup and kind of hope that i mean obviously he could get there on efficiency if he only sees 60 percent of the snaps and gets two touchdowns like we'll take that also but it's quite possible that you know if henderson's going to see 90 percent of the snaps in a game where the rams are almost almost have a 30 implied team total with woods and cup being owned like it's quite possible he should be 6800 and doesn't seem like many people are going to play. Him.
3: Yeah, that that would seem to make sense. You know, good uh, good leverage situation. Um, yeah, but I don't know I, what I, you
2: have projected for Michelle's workload.
3: Um. Yeah, we have we have a high workload on Michelle, which to me seems a bit high, and might have to go back in and kind of uh, fiddle around with that. I mean, I think if healthy. I think, I think we might be split, like we might be kind of uh, taking a middling stance on Henderson due to uncertainty around his injury. Um,
2: but you have, but I, you have to admit that, obviously, as a GPP player, I like taking advantage of uncertainty, but it's more likely Henderson is 5,600, Michelle is 5,200. Like it's more likely that, that like Michelle only has downside at that price while Henderson has upside at his price. If Henderson was 6,700 right here, I'd say don't worry. I mean, he's priced for if he was going to play 80-90% of the snaps as it is. But there's going to be a lot of like 5k, 6k running backs that are going to be more owned than Henderson. Uh it could it he could I mean, it would I wouldn't shock me if he walked into 80% of the snaps again and there's upside at that price. But I don't think I don't think most projections around the industry I think they're going to give Michelle more like 30-35% rushing share and snap share and that's going to make henderson not project horribly but not project well
3: Mm -hmm. um yeah no that that makes sense um so do you think we'll we'll uh, we get the injury news before uh lock on henderson or uh is that i'm assuming so i I just saw on twitter
2: that he that uh, sean mcbay says he's gonna play oh
3: okay okay got it got it um
2: That doesn't matter how much he's gonna play that, that didn't say that I don't think I saw that
3: but yeah sure
2: but he should he should play I mean we've we, we gotten some news today Friday with the Titans with the Giants Cook is still listed as questionable so we, we still got news out but uh but the next game we got no news okay we got Eli Mitchell news I guess uh the next game on the docket is the the Seahawks at the 49ers the the it's a 52 total It opened at 52 and a half. The 49ers are two and a half point favorites. San Francisco with a 27.25 implied team total. The Seahawks with a 24.75 implied team total. And I take a look at ownership and outside of Debo, Debo Samuel, 13%. Carson, 9.6%. Lockett and Metcalf, 7 and 6%. This game for its total seems pretty under-owned I mean, is is this the time uh, – I'm very hesitant to play this game from the 49ers' side with, with you know, Lance. So, you know, I, I, I don't want a quarterback that's only going to play a half, right? Or only play uh, – not play all the snaps. But to me, like, why can't I play Wilson plus Lockett or Metcalf and run it back with, like, Kittle or Samuel? And the ownership of this game just – I mean – if you thought of the Niners and the Seahawks you would think of oh two teams that would would want to run the ball but this total doesn't suggest that i mean a 52 total like why why aren't we taking why why aren't why aren't we doing some type of Wilson lineup and if we're not going to do that even guys like Carson and Mitchell project decent enough that and they're going to be single digit owned I, I to me out of all the high total games this is the one that's the most lost amongst them
3: yeah, that, that has kind of been my sentiment towards Seattle for, for really the first three weeks, and it has yet to pay off. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm ready to, to give up kind of on uh, the, this Seattle, uh, Seattle stack. I think you go Metcalf or Lockett. Uh, I, I think you could throw in like a Freddie Swain uh if you want and uh but but i you know i think it's it's one of the games one of the sides that you could single stack comfortably there are good uh there are of course good options you know on the San Francisco side to to bring back uh, Samuel looks looks appealing and projects super well the ownership should be yeah relatively high um but i don't know i th- I, I think with like wilson wilson in particular i think he's just a quarterback that the, one of the premier quarterbacks that's going to get uh overlooked and uh you know the ownership on Metcalf should be yeah I mean I, I don't know none, none of these Seattle guys are pulling much ownership um so I, I think even like taking a relatively high owned debo uh is you know reasonable I mean sometimes you have to take a, a kind of a high owned guy here and there but he's not uh, that
2: high owned man 13 percent on the context of a slate is not to me that's not chalk right, right especially right, if you're right. pairing it with single digit owned guys in the stack. Like, what do I care? I mean, we yeah. see, we're going to see other guys that are closer to 20% owned, 22% owned. So it's like 13, you know, Samuel is a one-off. Okay. That's another story. But Samuel paired with a seven, 8% owned DK Metcalf or, you know, it, it, I mean, even Ayuk at 5k is intriguing. Like I know his role has been like back and forth, but. I mean, he 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 only has upside at five thousand, right? I mean, yeah. I, I I just think in general for for these projections at this ownership, like this 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 game shouldn't be as low owned as it is compared to compared to the other higher total games.
3: I agree. Seattle's kind of been that way, like like all well, year. Well, not necessarily.
2: Uh, Metcalf has been owned. I mean, Lockett the, was owned. I mean, Lockett had that big game, and then he was still owned. I think as one. I think I think it's more likely that Lockett and Metcalf are more likely to be like, like one-off, but not like Russell Wilson is still could come in at under 5%. Done. Like, I still think you're going to see the receivers. I think you're going to see Samuel as a one-off. I think you're going to see Kittle as a one-off Carson, Eli Mitchell. I think all these guys are like one-offs. Yeah. I mean, they'll still be low on there also, but I think as the stack playing like a three plus one, even if you throw in a Disley or something at tight end, because I think Everett may not play, uh, I just think that that combination, using all of them together, uh, are are less likely to be owned.
3: Yeah, yeah. Wilson feels like kind of the pivotal piece that uh, gives you leverage against. Like you said, though, they're not like super chalky. They're not expected to be super chalky guys, but uh, he he does feel like kind of the the piece that makes that combination kind of more or more different than I guess uh, what a lot of the field's going to do.
2: On the other side of the game, I mean. Are you even considering Garoppolo?
3: Not really. I mean, like you said, it, it feels like, you know, there's kind of half, like half of a game potential in there. Um, the, the ceiling on Garoppolo doesn't feel super high. Um, so no, he, he's not, uh, not a guy I'm likely to have much, uh, if any, of.
2: Okay, next game on the docket, the most popular game on the slate. It's the Carolina Panthers at the Dallas Cowboys, fifty-one and a half total. It's up one and a half since open. The Cowboys are four-point favorites, twenty-seven point seven five implied team total for the Cowboys, twenty-three point seven five for the Panthers. Take a look at line of HQ for ownership: Amari Cooper nineteen percent, DJ Moore nineteen percent, Dalton Schultz thirteen percent, Zeke Elliott eleven percent cd lamb 10 percent, chuba hubbard chuba chuba hubbard nine percent uh any combination of how you make this stack uh, is is going to be owned whether you do it from the darnold side or the prescott side Uh, the the one main thing uh, in this is uh i think the best leverage play on the entire slate may be robbie anderson at 5100
3: yeah that that makes sense um i i i really like the carolina side um and building like around Terrace Marshall to me seems like the like uh, just a good good value I think might go kind of under owned as a lot of people are going to gravitate towards DJ Moore uh, Hubbard on the Carolina side and I, I'm, I'm with you that Robbie Anderson probably doesn't have like the strongest projection but um, from a value standpoint but is just going to have significantly lower ownership than more uh so so I do kind of like a like Darnold Marshall Anderson C D Lamb uh build. You're just kind of it's not like it's gonna be kind of a uh uh you know super super levered uh uh build, but I think you're avoiding kind of the most uh most popular pieces in like Cooper, um, DJ Moore, and still getting good exposure to a game that I mean, I, like look, there is there is good value. Um But yeah, I think my preference would be through the Carolina side and trying to avoid like the uh, just the high ownership landmines of like, you know, Hubbard more and going with some of these cheaper uh, lower owned receivers.
2: Uh, Two things. One, uh, if you're not going to play this, these stacks, obviously Zeke and Chuba as the running backs could be played as a one off and be leveraged off the passing games. But what are your thoughts on these guys in the receiving game being one-offs? Would you be more or less likely to play Cooper or more, more as a one-off? Like, how correlated are they to Prescott and Darnold to have like big games? Like, cause the main problem with playing high-owned one-offs is that like if, if Amari Cooper has a 35-point game, most likely, the, most likely it's the Prescott Cooper Moore lineup beats. Whatever you have around Amari Cooper, so uh, is there is there a strong enough correlation there that I see? Well, I'm looking for strong correlation so I know whether or not to not play them as one-offs. Like right, because we looked before with the Eagles. It's like okay, these guys don't really matter that much when compared to to Jalen Hurts. But how correlated? How much stronger correlated are is the quarterback ceilings? and the opposing offense ceilings to these two wide receivers. And that's how I would determine on whether or not I'm more or less likely to play them as a one-off. I, I hope you understand what, what I'm asking. Yeah. I, I guess it,
3: it sounds like you're maybe insinuating that like these expensive guys, like Moore, uh, Cooper, and even, you know, Cooper and Lamb, I think, you know, are both uh, in the same camp of, it's just like for, for them to pray, T- for them to pay off their price point, like you know, Lam-, Lam and Moore in particular, for them to pay off their price point, they have to have a very explosive game. Uh, I think also just like their styles are kind of. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I I feel like kind of the the guys who like quick quick hitter, like uh, you know, high reception guys, actually are the type that are less correlated to their quarterback. Like I would say, like Robbie Anderson. The price like, you know, his, his price point is appealing, but for Robbie Anderson to have a big game, he's going to need to catch, you know, one or two long touchdowns, which really have, you know, that like is to me like a highly correlative event. The, the, the type of events that aren't super correlated are like 10 yard, just stacking up, you know, 10 yard receptions. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know, I know I, it's,
2: it's a balance but i mean but but the, the main thing that I, that i would want to know is that if if one of the dallas wide receivers have a big game is it that strongly correlative with the carolina receivers also having a big game like like it, i yeah. just want to know whether or not the stack is more correlative than than it necessarily will be in owned in the contest
3: it would seem that's what to it me- really
2: comes down to these one off wide receivers that are going to be popular in stacks like can they go off and be the only piece of the entire game that makes value in a lower scoring game where you don't need the stack. But if you tell me that when Amari Cooper puts up 30 plus fantasy points, the game typically goes 70 plus points total. Like then it makes no sense really for me to play Cooper as a one-off with at at least a secondary correlation with some other side of the game in that case.
3: Yeah, it would seem to me that like Robbie Anderson's the one guy who could kind of have a big game and just at his price point with his, uh, you know, it just takes like one big play for him to hit value and really hit a ceiling that's useful in tournaments. He to me seems like the one guy that could stand out as like a one off that could get there and otherwise underperforming game. But for the most part, it does feel like for Cooper, Moore, Lamb, Uh, At their price points, just with how they kind of uh, how they accumulate fantasy points, it seems like their ceiling outcome is likely tied to an overall positive game environment that stands to benefit other players in the game. Uh, That that would be my my interpretation of it. Is that kind of how you see it?
2: Right, right. I mean, I think I'm more likely to if I'm playing one of those guys, I'm playing I'm playing at least the secondary correlation, if not the whole stack. Right. And if I'm not, then I just don't have them in my lineup at all okay yeah last game on the docket your favorite game even though it's technically not (laughs) anytime the browns are part of our high total teams i'm going to point it out it is the browns (laughs) at the vikings 51 and a half total that's uh that's down one point since open the browns are a two-point favorite on the road 26.75 implied team total for the browns 24.75 for the vikings uh, we currently have cook at 13% ownership, but I'm not sure if that's going to hold because with all this question on whether or not he's going to play he's 8,100. So, I mean, he would be, he would be a good play, but we, we don't know yet. He's still listed as questionable. Uh, Odell Beckham jr. OBJ 11%. Uh, then we got Justin, uh, Jefferson and Thielen eight and 7%. Chubb and Hunter three or 4%. And then the rest is like barely there. Uh, these seem like two teams that would rather this is similar to Seattle and and San Francisco two teams that in their historically would rather run the ball but it's it's a 51 and a half total Cleveland is throwing the ball more than they they have been Minnesota has been throwing the ball more than have been uh what's wrong with uh, Minnesota you know double stack with an OBJ bring back here I mean to me that seems like the most obvious way to go I mean if you don't want to play Justin Jefferson and Thielen together at their prices you throw in a Conklin or an Osborne or something uh you could if you do it from the other way you know Mayfield OBJ plus Hooper or something you could even play Kareem I mean you could even play Kareem Hunt uh with Mayfield uh I know you, you like stacking the Browns this is the perfect instance where the Browns are favored and it and the receiver actually has is better projected than their two running backs.
3: Yeah. I guess like, I, I like, I like Mayfield. I just, I don't know what to do with these Cleveland pass catchers, you know, it OBJ, seems
2: just single stack with OBJ. I mean, yeah. to me, that's the most straightforward, no Landry. They got really nothing else going like why not OBJ at 5,800 and just don't worry about, don't worry about the set. That's why I said throw in a Hooper at least fill a tight end spot or something. But then don't worry about if it's going to be Anthony Schwartz or or, or uh, People's Jones or they're going to throw it to four different tight ends. Just like, but I, th- I still think that the better way to stack this game is on the Cousins side.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm kind of hung up uh, like on the, the Cousins price to me feels uh, pretty expensive. Um,
2: $6,400 isn't that bad.
3: Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like he's not kind of top tier price range. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like it's a tough matchup. Cleveland applies a lot of pressure. Um, don't don't have a great score uh, on 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 the Minnesota side. Um, I, I, I suppose my preference would be to to be kind of with with Mayfield and like OBJ. I just I you know th- these t- these tight ends like uh, just these Cleveland tight ends. They're kind of just like just absorb kind of at random, like so much, uh, not so much, but like a, a significant kind of target share away from some of the Cleveland receivers that, you know, you would kind of naturally want to stack with Mayfield um,
2: stack with both the tight ends. Do that build. I'm just kidding. You should. not. Yeah, do- uh, yeah, right, dude, yeah. Uh, Mayfield <laughs> plus Hooper <laughs> plus plus Joku and fill up your flex spot. Do not do that. Uh, I, I yeah, do yeah. not suggest that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I,
3: I think Cleveland's like a fine, uh, they have kind of like a fine score for us, but not like exceptional. Uh, I think my preference would be towards really some of the sides we discussed like Philadelphia, Carolina, Seattle, uh, like Buffalo, even although I think Allen's going to be very highly owned. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see kind of if that changes as, as the week progress, you know, I still have to, uh, you know, up, update some ownership projections and, uh, you know, move some things around. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think Cleveland could Cleveland could move up, um, in in our, in our projections, but right now they're kind of just, uh, middling and in like inside the top inside the top, like third, but kind of outside the top quarter quartile of, uh, teams from a stacking standpoint.
2: Okay. Now that we finished the, the higher total games, 50 plus, now we're going to look at any games that interest you underneath that. Uh, Since Brandon isn't here, we'll still, we'll go by by our plus and our minus. So a game that is going under owned, that's under 50 point, under 50 total that, that you like. And a game that's going over owned that you don't like as much as maybe the field does. So is, is there, is there a game that, that there's one game that stands out to me as a plus. I I, I don't know if you'd agree with me. So what's your plus?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by Washington uh, at Atlanta. I think it's just a, a, you know, good, good spot for uh, the Washington side. You know, McLaurin I think has as good a ceiling as any of the receivers uh, in the league, and uh, you know, Heineke I think is going to absorb next to next to no ownership. Uh, that that would be like one that I would pencil in uh, as a plus. Um,
2: that's the one that I got, Stu. That's that's nice. a, That's literally that's literally the one that I, I looked at this. <laughs> And I and it, looking at the projections, like you have Ridley at seven K, nine percent owned, and then no one, there's no the, Mike Davis may get some ownership at fifty one hundred as a running back. Pitts, I mean, to me, uh, Ryan Ridley Pitts is one side of a stack. You could even go Heineke, McLaurin. D, I mean, uh, Curtis Samuel is back. He may play at three K, or you throw in Logan Thomas. I just think for the prices and upside of this game, I I, I think people overrate the Washington defense. Uh, and they also probably overrate the Falcons offense, but uh, this game is but basically it's a game between two bad teams with a 47 and a half total, which means it may go significantly under or it may go significantly over. And based on these ownerships, like even the running backs in the game, I'm not, I mean, Mike Davis, Antonio Gibson, I don't, I don't mind playing either. I mean, I don't get from our our, our projections in Grinir and IQ as well as the Blitz projections; these guys actually project from a salary-adjusted value perspective, comparable to a lot of the other games on the slate. And it's not like this is that low of a total. I mean, it's outside of the games that we talked about. It's the next highest total. It's the next highest total game. It opened at 49. It's now down to 47 and a half. But but it's the what? It's the sixth highest total game on the slate. And it to me, it's easy to stack.
3: Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think Gibson's going to be like mega chalk or anything, uh, but should be relatively popular. Um, you know, I think going with some of the Washington pass game uh, could, could be kind of leverage against Gibson McLaurin. I, I, I think you just got to build through McLaurin uh, if you're going Washington, right? Like there's just not much sense. In, uh like, I, I think adding like a Logan Thomas or uh, you know, uh, a Curtis Samuel or De'Ami Brown, if Samuel doesn't play, Adding that on top, I'm okay with, but uh it does kind of feel like you have to go, go through McLaurin on the Washington side, right?
2: Well, I mean, not necessarily. You could you could just play a cheap Curtis Samuel. You could play that Logan, Logan Thomas out of a tight end spot. I'm not I'm not opposed to that. But yes, okay. the most likely would be McLaurin. Yes. So I mean it's it's and it's and it's not price prohibitive. Like even with Ridley, it's not, it's you're not even you're not even doing that bad. So no, no, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever.
3: Yeah. Um, as far as games to kind of, I have a negative kind of just negative note on, I mean, I, I'm not super high on, on, Los Angeles. I know we've kind of already touched on that. Um, I, there's not like any super high, um,
2: there's one, there's one game that I think will be overowned. that I don't, I, I, I'm still wondering why, why it is.
3: Okay. Let's, let's hear it.
2: Detroit, Chicago. It is literally the lowest total game on the entire slate. It's 41 yeah. and a half total. It opened at 44 bears are a two and a half point favorite. And we got, I mean, the running backs are getting the most of the ownership Montgomery and Swift Montgomery, 21% ownership Swift, 15%. But I mean, we don't know that they're playing mind games on whether or not Dalton or fields, most likely field starts, but I've heard I've heard talk about Allen Robinson and Mooney and Fields stacks. I mean we saw, hmm. we saw that last week. With Fields was played uh, one of the highest owned quarterbacks on the slate and we have him we have him right now as the third highest owned quarterback on the slate. It's the lowest total game. I know the Lions are bad but the Bears are bad also. I don't I just can't see on a 13 game slate that that the detroit chicago game is the game that you need to have yeah yeah i I, based on your face when i said the game i think you weren't even expecting me to say that hey people are looking at this game
3: yeah i mean i'm i'm sorting uh like our kind of our stack grid by by ownership and yeah sure enough we have chicago popping up as like seventh seventh highest kind of average ownership across stacking pieces and uh yeah that, that does seem i guess quite high yeah it looks like some popularity for Mooney Robinson. Um, I don't know that that wasn't a game that kind of have had ever uh, had ever gotten on the radar for me. Um, but I, I suppose I'm with you if there if there is uh, some popularity behind some of these pieces that that does seem like it'd be a spot to stay away from just. Uh, yeah, su- super low total. I just it's not really a game environment that has uh, a lot of support and especially if these guys are going to be, uh, you know, popular I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there.
2: What what are your thoughts on on the Buffalo? They have the highest team total of anyone on the slate, but they're a 17-point favorite. Uh, a lot of times in these situations, people are gonna shy away from playing this because it's like, Oh, blowout, out. Uh, there's no point. Uh, but Allen is gonna be one of the most owned quarterbacks. Sanders is picking up ownership at 13%. Diggs is gonna be about 10% owned, easily nine percent. Like and there's really the candidates on the other side of the game, or you have Brandon Cooks, but I mean he he's gotten up there in price. They can have Davis Mills or whatever at 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 quarterback. Uh, would would you play a chalky Buffalo non run back stack in, in in this type of situation? You're more likely to try to get the the Houston. The Houston is a 15 point implied team total. Uh, do you think this game is it? Do you think this game is overowned? Um, I we we have we have
3: like a, a pretty good grade on the Buffalo side. I so like one. I was just looking kind of at our ownership versus, uh, you know, the lineup HQ, and we do have a somewhat of a divergence. Like we're we're expecting Los Angeles to be higher owned than Buffalo, um, and actually Buffalo to, well, I guess Dallas and LA
2: to be higher owned than Buffalo. Um, on the receiver, I think I think that's primarily because of the 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 spread of receivership. I think if we t- if, let's say we took out one of Beasley or Sanders, like where we took out Dig one of the because the pair of Allen, you have three receivers to choose from more so than those other teams where you have two. I think the rec- you're right on the receiver ownership, but I think Josh Allen, like we have Josh Allen at, at like 16% ownership, so it's like once you if you took out like stat like. Stafford is like five percent. So, like the combination is like while the receivers of the Rams will be higher owned than any of the receivers of the Bills, once you put Allen in your lineup, like Allen plus whoever I think is gonna be more owned than Stafford. I think the Rams receivers are more one-off candidates. While the Diggs, Al Diggs and, and Beasley and Sanders, like that's gonna be Allen plus them and not as a one-off. So I I think they're more comparable than the rams being higher than i mean i, th- I think that's the only reason i think if the, if, the, if there weren't three receivers to choose from from the bills i think it would be and there were or there were three receivers to choose from from the rams like that that ownership would spread out a little bit more
3: yeah um yeah that, that makes sense I, I i think at like the ownership levels we're projecting I, i'm pretty optimistic on buffalo um We'll we'll see kind of as as the week goes on if if there are adjustments that we make that maybe increase uh, Buffalo ownership. Perhaps we're a bit light on uh, Allen projected ownership as well as the receivers. But at the ownership and kind of the the numbers that we currently have in our system, we, we've got a pretty decent grade on Buffalo.
2: Um, but do you run it back with Cooks? I mean, like what? What do you do on the Texan side? Or you just don't even worry about, we just go, the Buffalo is going to win 45 to seven and don't even worry about the Texans.
3: My inclination would be to, to try to, to try to, you know, run back someone on the Houston side. Um, You know, Cook's price has gotten up a a decent bit, but I, I just don't know. Like I, to me, like uh, the, the scenario in which a Buffalo, you know, double stack succeeds. And like, to me, Allen seems like a guy that I would want to try to double stack. Like, I just, I can't imagine the game supporting two Buffalo pass catchers without someone on the Houston side uh, doing something. But
2: I mean, we saw uh, that with Miami. They just rolled over. I mean, like 38 to seven. I mean like that type of game. I mean, and it's not like Buffalo is the type of team that in the third quarter up by three touchdowns is just going to start running the ball 70% of the time anyway.
3: Yeah, no, they do. They do skew pretty pass heavy. Um, my, my, my instincts would say to try to bring back uh, someone on the Houston side. I mean, but outside of cooks, I don't know that there's really anyone in play. Um, so uh, I don't know. My, 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 my instinct would be to try to come back with cooks, um, but it sounds like you see it differently. Yeah.
2: I'm just saying his price is expensive. I mean, just from a, like, would I rather have Cooks or would I rather have DJ Moore? I mean, like, like, like but that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't I rather have the one-off there than play Cooks in that spot? I th- I think the Bills double stack can get there without the te- without needing anyone from the Texans. I think I'm more likely to play them than without the run back in okay. most lineups. I, I, yeah. I mean to me it makes the most sense is there any other games that uh, we haven't touched on that have any interest for you
3: um denver baltimore has some intrigue uh i'm just based off the numbers that i'm looking at um i'm not really? entirely really? I,
2: I consider that one of the worst games
3: yeah i'm not entirely sure where that comes from that that doesn't uh just on paper doesn't seem super compelling like court and sutland should get a decent amount of ownership um no i don't know i, I feel like we, we've we kind of touched on them i you know i really like like carolina philadelphia seattle um washington is kind of the non-premier side that that looks compelling uh yeah there, there's a lot of kind of just really bad uh just really bad i think not teams, but just teams in, in really not compelling situations, you know, Indianapolis, Houston, Detroit, Miami, you know, Pitt, New Orleans, like these, these feel like there's just a, there's just a a fairly large subset of teams that I feel comfortable just like xing off completely um, such that it should be fairly tight as far as the kind of stacks uh, that I, that I look to get exposure to.
2: And, and you send out your, your little matrix grid and stats on the, the advanced sports analytics substack, stack, right? Which, which now you have to pay for.
3: Yeah. Right. That's uh. well, I haven't gotten around to drafting it up today, but we'll send that out uh, before the end of the day today. Uh, the grid that I'm kind of looking off of uh, some thoughts around uh, just rationalizing some of the numbers that we're seeing and maybe where, uh, where some of the data could be misleading. Uh, we, we try kind of like on the show, try to talk about not only uh, plus spots to target, but also minus spots to, be underweight on I think we this year in particular have tried to rather than say like you know stacks to play stacks not to play kind of contextualize things as spots to be over spots to be underweight uh, on at kind of a player and uh more general team level as well uh so yeah that comes out every Friday we'll have that out uh in a few hours here today
2: you go to advanced sportsanalytics.com to check that out as analytics dfs on twitter and if you're playing on FanDuel. Make sure you sign up for the DFS OGs League. Sign up there for for NFL Week Week Four and compete with uh, Beer Makers, Fan Head Chopper, and Notorious. Good prize structure. So if you're playing on Fanduel, go there. And uh, and always like and subscribe. I'll wave my thumbs at you until you hit the thummy thumb button. Subscribe if you're new to the channel. And uh, this show is also always on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast feed. So rate and review on itunes so for Stuart gibson i'm jordan cooper and i will see you next week on another edition of the advanced sports analytics show here on rotogrinders.com